nation of former glory, treasuries overflowing with gold and jewels, legions of statues carved by the finest artisans, milling crowds gathered to hear the prophetic words of the oracle. But no more. Over the past century, Delphi had been brought low by invading Gauls, by plundering Thracians, but most of all, by neglect. Few now came to seek the words of the oracle. A goat-herder questioning a wife's fidelity, or a sailor seeking good omens for a voyage across the Gulf of Corinth. It was the end of times, the end of the Oracle of Delphi. After prophesizing for thirty years, she would be the last to bear the name Pythia, the last Oracle of Delphi. But with this burden came one final challenge. Pythia turned toward the east, where the sky had begun to lighten, Oh, that rosy Eos, goddess of dawn, would hurry Apollo to tether his four horses to his sun chariot. One of Pythia's sisters, a young acolyte, stepped out of the temple behind her. Mistress, come away with us, the younger woman begged. It is not too late. We can still escape with the others to the high caves. Pythia placed a reassuring hand on the woman's shoulder. Over the past night... The other women had fled to the rugged heights, where the caves of Dionysus would keep them safe. But Pythia had a final duty here. Mistress, surely there is no time to perform this last prophecy. I must. Then do it now, before it is too late. Pythia turned away. We must wait for dawn of the seventh day. That is our way. As the sun had set last night, Pythia had begun her preparations. She had bathed in Castilia's silver spring, drank from the Casotis spring, and burned bay leaves on an altar of black marble outside the temple. She had followed the ritual precisely, the same as the first Pythia thousands of years ago. Only this time, the oracle had not been alone in her purifications. At her side had been a girl, barely past her twelfth summer. Such a small creature and of such strange manner. The child had simply stood naked in the spring waters while the older woman had washed and anointed her. She'd said not a word, merely stood with an arm out, opening and closing her fingers, as if grasping for something only she could see. What god so suffered the child, yet blessed her just the same? Surely not even Apollo. Yet the child's words thirty days ago could only come from the gods. Words that had plainly spread and stoked the fires that now climbed toward Delphi. Oh, that the child had never been brought here. Pythia had been content to allow Delphi to fade into obscurity. She remembered the words spoken by one of her predecessors, long dead for centuries, an ominous portent. Emperor Augustus had asked of her dead sister, Why has the oracle grown so silent? Her sister had responded, a Hebrew boy, a god who rules among the blessed, bids me leave this house. Those words proved to be a true prophecy. The cult of Christ rose to consume the empire and destroyed any hope for a return to the old ways. Then a moon ago, the strange girl had been brought to her steps. Pythia glanced away from the flames and toward the adytum, the inner sanctum of Apollo's temple. The girl waited inside. She was an orphan from the distant township of Chios. Over the ages, many had hauled such children here, seeking to abandon such burdens upon the sisterhood. Most were turned away. Only the most ideal girls were allowed to stay. 
straight of limb, clear of eye, and unspoiled. Apollo would never accept a vessel of lesser quality for his prophetic spirit. So when this willow branch of a girl had been presented naked to the steps of Apollo's temple, Pythia had given her hardly a glance. The child was unkempt, her dark hair knotted and tangled, her skin marked with pox scars. But deeper, Pythia had sensed something wrong with the child, the way she rocked back and forth. Even her eyes stared without truly seeing. Her patrons had claimed the child was touched by the gods, that she could tell the number of olives in a tree with merely a glance, that she could declare when a sheep would lamb with but a touch of her hand. Upon hearing such stories, Pythia's interest had stirred. She called the girl to join her at the entrance to the temple. The child obeyed, but she moved as if disconnected, as if the winds themselves propelled her up.